The Jedi and Corvus couldn't take the child, but pointed our Mando in the right direction. An old rock and an old temple and an even older world. But that no good man in black is on Mando's trail. I don't know about you, friend, but I got a bad feeling about this. Spoilers ahead. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. I'm a simple man trying to make his way through the galaxy. Ian, joining me is someone who crawled out of the Sarlacc pit, John. Ayo. And someone who never misses a shot, Straight Facts Roommate Mike, coming at you again. How are you doing, gentlemen? Good. So we are finally back after a long hiatus to finish the totally still relevant Mandalorian uh, series. Do you guys know that this this season came out in 2020? That makes me feel bad. Uh, very bad. But hey, maybe we've got some hot takes that haven't been uh, covered by every other person well, on the internet. Well, Mike, if it helps, Star Wars Resistance came out many more years ago. And, and we, we just we that. just stopped reviewing that. In fact, I don't think I finished watching the series. I didn't either. Oh. Um, which says something about... Well, after Kaz turned to the dark side and became a Sith Lord that ruled over the Eastern Quadrant, I mean, it just it wasn't worth it. Much like when Twilight Sparkle became an alicorn right. in My Little Pony. After that, there's just no point in watching yeah. the show anymore. It's not about friendship. It's just about Twilight. And who cares? She's not even the best pony. Ian, your, your take? I can't say I'm familiar with either of these He events. says that, but we both know that Spike, he thinks Spike is the best pony. Oh. I don't... Which is wrong, because he's clearly not the best. Also, not a pony. And Ian knows this. He just likes to be difficult. So The Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, it's a TV show um, that's really good, and also Star Wars. And the episode we're covering today is The Tragedy, so which sad. is the... Sixth episode of the season, I think. Straight facts, Mike. We need those facts. Sixth episode. All right. I got there. Yeah, so this particular episode is, in my opinion, it, it seems to be an episode where not a lot happened, but it was still a very fun ride. So let's look at your guys' opinion on uh, what's going down in this episode. Um... There are three main things that happen. Uh, we got the Mandalorian taking Grogu to Tython to sit on a magic rock to try to contact other Jedi. During the magic rock sitting, Boba Fett makes a return, along with Fennec Shan trying to get Boba's armor back. There is a giant fight scene that's really, really cool between those three aforementioned characters and Imperial Stormtroopers whilst rock sitting continues to happen. And then we have Grogu being kidnapped by dark troopers. That's essentially all that's happened in the episode, barring a couple details. But yeah, so uh, let's start with you, Mike. What are some things that stood out to you on this episode? I think ultimately this episode served a purpose of providing an ultimate situation to overcome by the end of the the season uh previously there was just a lot of traveling to different places trying to figure out where to take this kid um and now we actually have a location to take the kid and something about what happened there was successful but then right right afterwards he's taken away by the dark troopers and i feel like that ultimate goal kind of was 
was set in this episode. So it served a purpose. When you said there wasn't a lot going on, I feel like that's kind of selling it short comparative to the weight of the situation when it sets up for the rest of the season. The rest of the season might feel more impactful because more things are going on, but that one particular like moment of him being taken away for the first time since they've been together, I think that served a, a gigantic purpose in, in what we see the rest of the way, basically. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Perhaps it was... Not so much, uh, I worded it possibly incorrectly, where maybe not many events happened in the episode, but those that did happen were certainly impactful. And I I do really like the point you brought up about this is really the first time that they've been separated, ripped apart from each other in in this manner Mm. in the series. So that's really an impactful part too. And yeah, it does serve a a great setup purpose for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. John, how about you? I enjoyed this episode, even though it was a little bit of one of the shorter ones. It kind of felt like it may have been an afterthought of a side mission or something. And then they just kind of extrapolated it out a little bit more to give Robert Rodriguez something to do. Um, Because I I believe this is the shortest runtime episode. I think so. If I remember right, it has been so long since this aired. And I couldn't be bothered to look it up. Let's check in with Straight Facts Mike. Straight Facts? Um, in the second season, it is the shortest episode at at 32 minutes long. Dang. If you go back to season one, the second episode is 31 minutes long. Oh, dang. Hmm. Well, well, there's there's those facts. Thank you, uh, Straight Facts Mike. Thank you. Your um, check's in the mail. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. We finally see the Dark Troopers in action, um, even though they're just kind of a SpaceX rockets simultaneously landing and then simultaneously taken off well i mean then they're not spacex rockets are they no, that's true <laughs> they only do the landing part and then and then explode <laughs> but um I, I had a really hard time getting over the fact that the um the tython looked like the mountain that's behind me or like the hills in poway generic like, southern california yeah like it looked too generically southern california to me see the but, thing about that that i love is that that means when i eventually decide to go out and film star wars fan films just I, say it's tython. always going to be on tython it's just going to be tython yeah <laughs> well and I, I think that the the um the thing that took me out of it is was it a knights of the old republic that is on tython and tython looks slightly different <laughs> Yeah, that's that's something that I kind of have a, a long history of. Why make it, you know, different when we have a base for it? That being said, like a quick side tangent, the latest expansion for the Old Republic MMO takes place on Osis, and Osis I've seen in a jungle world as a jungle world in Legends for like both before and after the main trilogy stuff. But it take in this part, it's like completely kind of like a blasted wasteland. But it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, in the thousands of years and all this stuff that's happened to it, like in that case, it got blown up by the Sith. There's enough there to make it like change a thing. But and you also have to keep in mind, like these are entire planets. Nope, one so, biome planet. Yeah, exactly. Right. So we're so used <laughs> to the Star Wars one biome where we're just like. Well, it doesn't look the same, where it's like, well, we could just be in a different hemisphere or Mm-mm, something. Nope. one biome. No. Yeah, that's, <laughs> this is all what I tell myself to make it so that I don't get angry. When... Hold on, have to sneeze from anger. 
disappointing. <laughs> Sorry. I'm leaving that in. Ang- <laughs> oh, Angus no. Um, <laughs> well, I, I feel like uh, when the uh, Rakata Empire was terraforming the galaxy, they decided to terraform them all as one biome planets before they went dumb and just lived on the uh, tropical island world of Rakata. I don't remember what it was. Where the Star Forge is. Yeah, I think it was just a random planet that they just happened to be on. Or or whoever it was that terraformed the galaxy. Yeah, all of that is Legends nonsense. <laughs> it doesn't really come into play here. But yeah, Southern California, Typhon. I can see why I could take you out. It's like I imagine people who live close to the Redwood Forests in, in uh, Northern California have a hard time watching Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they're just like... Being like, oh, there's a parking lot to the left of that. Five, five feet from the left of that frame. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, yeah, you're right. I think that's a very specific to Southern California, Coastal California people. Um, I'm sure that if I lived in some place that doesn't look exactly like that, it would not have taken me out of it. But I was expecting to see downtown Poway or something in the in the background <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know where that rock is I've been there I wonder um, if people uh who live in like Maine got uh flashbacks during the 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 coastal well episode. yeah because of all the Mon Calamari that right just exist in Maine <laughs> right obviously <laughs> you know I mean well they're not from Maine they're clearly from Newfoundland that just fish swam down but you, you know <laughs> it's the sweaters uh um but other than that yeah I this episode really does a lot to set up the finale which isn't the next episode <laughs> which which every time i've rewatched the series it has always thrown me off I'm like all right we're gonna go we're gonna go rescue grogu no we're not we're gonna go rescue bill burr but uh that's for that's for that's for the next episode to yeah talk about it's it is kind of interesting uh, that this episode also serves the purpose of tying up some teases that we saw both earlier in this episode and in the last season by showing us not only the fate of Fennec Shan, but the culmination of the Boba Fett cameos we got with Boba Fett essentially Boba. coming to claim his armor, which all around was really cool. Seeing Tamara Morrison come back was awesome. Uh, he is a beast in the battle scenes. Oh, who plays Fennec Shan? Um, Ming-Na Wen. Uh, Ming-Na Wen was also great in the battle scene. Just all around, it was a fantastic, good fight scene. And it used a lot of cool techniques. And we saw some melee stuff. We saw some cool blasters. We saw some new troop types for the stormtroopers in the uh, in terms of the... Mortar trooper. Uh, yeah, the artillery trooper, as I like to call him, the mortar trooper. I like that he had a very Clone Wars-esque specialty paint job. Mm-hmm. That's not something we've really seen in the movies. Like, I think it's more of a comics and video game theme. To see it in live action, that's pretty cool. Right, and he, he has uh, he has that same triangle paint scheme on his helmet that the Flame Trooper did in the, the previous season, except it's yellow, uh, and he had a yellow pauldron. Uh, that was really cool. And fun fact, Tamir Morrison reportedly added some Hakka sort of stances into his fight style when he was using the gaffy stick and i think in the blaster stuff too which is really cool because it it kind of further connects the new zealand's maori Maori culture to the mandalorian-esque maori florian 
That's a very hard two words to combine. <laughs> I appreciate Ma- the effort, Maori DeLorean. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have to do that. Um, but, yeah, we, we got to see Boba Fett. And I, I feel like this does a lot for Boba Fett's character in that, in his original sort of appearances in the original trilogy, he's kind of not characterized very much. Mm-mm. And he was kind of always associated with being kind of evil, I guess, just because, hey, he worked with Vader and carbonated the Han Solo. I don't know why I put the in front of his name, but, you know, the Han Solo with the carbonation and the whatnot. And we got a little bit more characterization for him in the Clone Wars series, but as a child. But this really sort of cements him in that I I go where I need to go, you know, I'm, I'm... uh, mercenary with a code of honor, you know, I get paid to do a job, I do it, I say I'm going to, I said I was going to help you and the kid in return for the armor, I'm going to. We also get confirmation that there's always been this back and forth with, was Django Fett a Mandalorian? Was he not a Mandalorian? Does that make Boba a Mandalorian? Is he not a Mandalorian? Some people say yes, yeah, some people say no. And in terms of Mandalorian culture, the Mandalorians the show has done a great job of filling in those spots and making it a lot more complex than a binary yes-no question. And this adds some background in that when Boba Fett reveals a chain code and says, hey, check it out. Father was there and he was a foundling. And then we know the foundlings aren't always considered Mandalorians by other Mandalorians. So the question still, the answer to the question still remains, eh? but now we have more context for right. it. So what did you guys think about um, both the, the, the return of uh, Fennec and Boba and that whole fight scene that we got with those characters. Um, I mean, I like the character of Fennec. I don't necessarily um, subscribe to the fact that because it's a character I like that they need to bring her back from the dead. Um, but I I didn't have a problem with her being back from the dead. Um, that was fine. Um, I thought the fight scenes were excellent in this. Um, I think a lot of Robert Rodriguez's strengths is that fast pace, but not not making you feel sick as you're going through it, making it still feel very fluid when you're going through his scenes. And I thought he did an excellent job at making sure that every every hit felt like it had an impact, not only in the scene but like on you because of like the sound and the the reaction from everybody. I thought it was very well shot. The scenes with Boba Fett fighting, in particular with, with like his stick, um, that kind of carried it because of how how fluid he moved and it was just it looked effortless in what he was doing and that made you realize it's like oh yeah this guy's been a fighter his entire life and of course he's this good at what he does um my favorite part by far was that the fact that he got his armor back not by the mandalorian giving it back he's like i'm just gonna go steal it real quick and use it during this fight (laughs) um and then he gets to show off like in the middle of the fight he gets to show off how good he is without it and then he gets to show off how much better he is with it and i thought that was a cool transition it's like he was a part of the fight before and then he was the main carrier of the fight after i thought the pacing of it was super good and in terms of fight sequences in the show, it was by far one of the best, if not the best, that we had. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Just the visceral nature of some of the, like the the, the seeing the stormtrooper 
like helmets crack and yeah and, and like seeing like their bodies just mangled on the ground or like having them be run over by boulders <laughs> or uh yeah it was for a disney show it felt very violent right um without showing blood without showing you know all the things that you would normally like take in a robert rodriguez film <laughs> um but it felt super impactful, and I just, yeah, I ate it up for sure. How about you, John? That's all right. <laughs> Good. Sorry, I was, I was looking up the name mentioned in Boba Fett's chain code. If I remember right, we don't get a full name, but we get the words Jast, which in Legends comics, Jaster Muriel was, or Muriel, I don't know how to pronounce it, is the guy that brought Django into the Mandalorian fight. And I thought that was kind of cool that they're using this quasi-canon material and just kind of dropping hints there and the, here and there, uh, which they do a lot in this show in particular. Uh, drop a lot of stuff where you're like, I don't, I don't know if that's canon anymore, but kind of like subtle hints and nods right. if you're looking for it. Because the, the chain code that Boba, or, yeah, that Boba pulls up is in uh, Mandoa, so unless you have a translator handy, you're not going to be able to, to read it. I think the chain code also mentions um, what's his name from the Clone Wars, uh, Conquer Don. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's where that's where Jaster's from. I thought that was the name of a person. Conquer Don is a planet, and I am like ninety percent sure that's where Sabine's family's from. Hmm. Okay, I'll have to look that Straight up. Straight facts, Mike. No, I'm gonna tell you to no, go search for stuff, not. stuff that you don't know or how to find. And if it's not on IMDb mm. for this episode, I don't know it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll have to. I'll, I'll con- look that up later. Classic Star Wars. Uh, Concord Dawn was a planet located in the Concord Dawn system. So. Oh, that narrows it down. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who the name of the character is that I'm trying to remember. Jeff. Yeah, probably Jeff. Mm. Uh, uh, Spaghetti McCleary. Jeff Spaghetti McCleary. Yeah. Of, Classic, of Concord uh, Dawn. Hero Mandalorian. Yep. A member of the her, the race uh, known for uh, being the only true rival to the Klingons that uh, the Klingons did, in fact, wipe out. Because <laughs> you can't rival the Klingons. Am I right, Mike? Uh, so, going uh, forward... <laughs> We, we get to see a little bit of Grogu throwing around some stormtroopers at the end after he gets captured. And we get a good amount of Grand Moff, or not Grand Moff, but Moff Gideon just kind of mugging at the camera and being happy that he successfully captured the asset. The asset, and he's very, he's very happy about it. Mm-hmm. So the Imperial presence in this episode was felt the, the buildup of the Dark Troopers... Felt kind of like a tease almost because we've been hinting at them uh, in the prior episode and like, ah, yes, deploy them. And then they SpaceX rocket and then leave. So it's almost like, ah, get to, ah, we'll we'll get to you. Mm -hmm. We'll get to you. But yeah, um, so any, anything else you guys want to add in terms of, uh, this episode of the Mandalorian? I do. I would like to put a correction in that Sabine Wren is not from Concord Dawn. Cool. Uh, I was thinking of Gar Saxon. Yes. And the Imperial Super Commandos that the Phoenix Squadron somehow blackmailed into 
fighting rebels through. I, I didn't really understand that plot line in rebels, but uh, I don't. Mando's thumbs up. I'm doing a thumbs up at the microphone. Super super visual. I, yeah, and you know, to be perfectly honest, I'd be interested to see if they add the Mando Super Commandos. <laughs> Super Commandos. Got him. Um, into future episodes of The Mandalorian. Because that seems like prime integration material for the series, and haven't really touched on it. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, uh, well, one thing we uh, we didn't touch on is how the Mandalorian gets off planet. Oh yeah, because, his um, ship done blowed up. It got yeah, it got it got smalled, got turned into small bits. It got it got nearly atomized. <laughs> like yeah, so the this the stormtroopers retreat, and then they're like, hey, we won. Uh, we got to go after the kid now, and then. That's definitely laser what the from sky. Are doing. <laughs> no, the stormtroopers blew up. Yeah. Oh, well, that's right. They did blow up. No, they 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 strategically relocated to their landing craft, and then Boba Fett hit the wrong ship, which caused both ships to crash. Uh, yeah, which was amazing. But yeah, so then then laser, and then the the razor crest was disintegrated. Not mm-hmm. so much anymore. Not so much. At least so they have new friends that have a ship. Yeah, that that is necessary. Mm-hmm. We do get to see the indestructibility of Beskar explored a little bit more because the Beskar spear we got in the previous episode remained unharmed, and very shiny, <laughs> and very shiny. It's perhaps, a, perhaps stronger even. It's a good stick. Uh, <laughs> quality stick. Quality stick. It's a good stick. It's not. It's not quite like my stick. My stick's got two pointing ends, but I suppose you use stick is a good stick. Good stick. <laughs> Leaving all that in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, take that, New Zealand, and no COVID. Holy <laughs> uh, oh. stick. Um, Go make some Lord of the Rings. They did. Very successfully. Oh, they canceled the video game. Excuse uh, me? They, can- they canceled the video game? Yeah, they canceled the... Who, who are they? The, the Wizards? Lord of the Rings MMO. Oh. Oh. Cool. Hmm. Very sad. I heard it's pretty quality. Um, <laughs> You'll never play it. Was coming out. Oh, well, the old one I, I hear is pretty good. But anywho, we'll leave that in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I want. I, we're gonna get back to this edit, and it's just gonna be. We'll take out everything we've said we'd left in, but then just leave in the part where we say we've left it in. Right. We'll leave that in. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, uh, anything else to you guys on on this episode that stood out to you? I mean, we set up the next episode right at the end with... Yeah, did we mention that uh, Gideon has has the uh, the baby Grogu's? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ian said that they were fighting on the ship. He was tossing around stormtroopers okay, like yeah, ragdolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, showed him the Darksaber. It's like, hey kid, want to see something cool? Yeah. Zoom. Yeah, Moff Gideon's a bad influence on Grogu. <laughs> yeah, but basically, like, we just... Right at the end, we set up the next episode, or gonna go rescue Bill Burr real quick. Which I remember when I watched this episode the first time around, being like, interesting choice. Didn't feel like his character had much of a a place to go. Wasn't this whole thing about him being like a crazy good hacker or something? Uh, no, he was a 
Imperial Sharpshooter. Oh, no, that's that was Richard Iwadi, the robot. Yeah, the robot. A dead robot. Hey, so, how dare. No uh, robots really die. When, when they revealed that they were going to go after um, Bill Burr's character, whose name I really need to remember before Mayfield. the next episode. Mayfield! Yeah. That's it, thank you. Which is, it, it, it's like... Mayfield isn't exactly like a very Star Warsy name, so it's that's I think that's why I have a hard time remembering it. Uh, real quick, Mayfield, Mike, not Mayfield, by the way. Ah, uh, yes, Migs Mayfield. If you go on Wikipedia's page for that character, uh-huh. it's stated that his home world is Space Boston, <laughs> and it has for like a month and a half now. That's fantastic, and I hope <laughs> no one ever changes it. Did you do that, John? I wish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a shorter episode just because, you know, it, it, it itself was a shorter episode, um, but we covered the, the main bits of it. Be sure to tune in to the last two episodes of The Mandalorian we'll be covering with uh, roommate Straightbacks Mike, bringing you back in for those final eps. Ring that bell. Ring that bell. Click the subscribe. Smash that like button. Yeah. <laughs> l- l- like the bell. Subscribe to the bell. Bell, ah, oh, this is. And let's take nowhere. Dogecoin to the moon. Oh no! <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, we do. We we accept donations in the form of Dogecoin. Only uh, Dogecoin. But only Dogecoin. Or or spider memes. Or yes. Yeah, no, memes. no, no. We're not bringing this back. Please send your pictures of spiders to Athoth. Only Ian. the hottest spider memes to at Ian. Hoth no, Pod. thank you. But if you want to get in touch with us uh, to either give us Dogecoin or not send us spider pics, feel free to email us at hothpod at gmail.com or tweet at us on the Twitters at hothpod. You can also check out our website, hothtopicspodcast.com, for updates on all of our different uh, episodes, side projects, um, news things, anything that we've got coming up should be posted there. I've been Ian. This is normally the part where you say something, John. <laughs> I was waiting for Mike. No, you're first, dude. Oh, I'm always true. last. Uh, quitty retort. Uh, quitty, quitty retort. Quitty response. <laughs> that was John. Mike's here as well. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Quitty retort? <laughs> hey, hey, Ian. Huh? It was a force field. I hate you. <laughs>